Hey, hello and welcome to another RFA podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, today's conversation is going to be about ice thickness and what's the safest or best ice thickness in every ice rink across North America and beyond. <clears throat> and the reality is, is that uh, there is no secret measurement. You know what? I'm going to start with a little bit of a story. My uh, my travels with the association has had me uh, go a lot of places, and one of the places that I ended up in was in really in northern Canada, uh, up in uh, Ahalowit, and it's not a Callowit, it's Ahalowit. And I flew in late one night to uh, help out this facility, and I uh, got to my uh, my place that I was staying at, got up in the morning, had breakfast, and as I headed out in the morning, I... Uh, bumped into a an elder Inuit and I asked him how long it would take me to uh, walk to the rink and he said uh, I don't know and so I uh, headed out to, towards uh, where I thought the arena was and I got about 100 feet from the location and he banged on the window and he waved me back uh, towards the facility and I saw I had wandered on back and opened the door and went in and he said uh, 15 minutes I said, 15 minutes. I said, why couldn't you tell me that when I asked you earlier? And he said, I didn't know how fast you walked. So that kind of uh, sets the tone in regards to the perfect ice thickness. And before we go forward, maybe we have to go back on how we arrived on what the industry best practice of an inch and a half came to be. And that goes all the way back to the LaSalle court case. And if you take the IMEO course, we'll uh, spend some time in there in regards to uh, ensuring that you understand uh, ice thickness principles uh, and the things that we have to do to maintain a nice surface. So if we go back to the LaSalle court case, a very quick synopsis is that uh, we had a gentle, young gentleman by the name of John Stein who was skating down the ice, uh, and it's alleged that he uh, broke uh, through the ice, or the ice was thin, and uh, he ended up uh, catching the concrete uh putting him into the board's head first, rending him a quadriplegic. So his family sued uh, the community looking for compensation because obviously John was going to require uh, years of uh, health care. And this was a turning point for the association uh, because what happened with the courts is that they, as they weaved through the evaluation under tort law looking for compensation, um, they were trying to figure out what the industry standards were. And those of you who have been around in the industry for a while, you may have inside the facility or you have a personal copy of what's referred to as the RFA Blue Book. And that was the RFA Refrigeration and Ice Making Manual. It was a hard-covered um, document that the early pioneers of the association had invested in. Uh, with our training partner, uh, Simcoe Refrigeration, they uh, provided a lot of the information that we use uh, even today in basic arena refrigeration. So the manual existed to assist operators in the province of Ontario and it got out uh, across Canada and beyond and it was one of the starting points of the legacy of the association uh, in regards to our leadership inside the industry. Anyway, making a long story short, the courts went out looking for industry best uh, practices and standards and they tripped across our uh, manual, which uh, did come across as being very professional looking, very well written, uh, very highly technical. And so they accepted it. Uh, so they went through the information, the both uh, lawyers, and they ended up on uh, the 
fact that inside this document that talked about safe refrigeration and safe uh, ice making uh, and maintenance practices, it was recommended that ice should be an inch and a half thick. Now, as much as that has become the measuring stick for safety, the reality is an inch and a half had nothing to do with safety and it had everything to do with efficiencies. Um, because basically when you would hire an engineer to figure out how much refrigeration that you would need. Uh, they would take a look at your geographic location, obviously down below the Mason-Dixon line in the U.S. It's going to be a lot warmer. And if you get up into uh, Hallowit, it's going to be a lot colder. So it's going to not require as much refrigeration. So they'd take a look at the geography and they would size out the, the, uh, the equipment. So how uh, large the chiller would be and how large uh, the condenser would be and how much horsepower you would require. Uh, and what they tried to do is set it out to maintain an inch and a half of ice. So they wanted you in that location to have enough refrigeration to be able to um, maintain an inch and a half of ice. And an inch and a half of ice, that would be the optimum uh, conditions in regards to uh, energy efficiencies and the way that we wanted to operate. It had really very little to do with safety. I mean, that was a sidebar to it, but it wasn't the, the core on why we selected an inch and a half. So after the uh, the Stein accident, uh, the, the requirement of having an inch and a half of ice is something that ORFA uh, obviously adopted and, and made our members aware. And that's our job is to, to act as that voice in regards to what's happening in the industry. And we strongly recommended that uh, ice rinks um, maintain an inch and a half of ice and that's when we started doing ice depths and, and tracking the, the thicknesses and uh, we did that for many years and we promoted an inch and a half as an association and I'm going to go back seven could be even ten years ago now uh, we actually changed that. We uh, stopped telling uh, our um, uh, members to maintain an inch and a half of ice. And it goes back to the story that I told you at the opening, the same thing, is, is we don't know what's happening inside your facility. So we can't tell you on what thickness of ice is going to be the optimum conditions. We are going to give you the best practices on how to create a, she a sheet of ice, where the paint and marking should be buried, uh, how much uh, of a buffer it needs on top of it. But in the end, facility management's got to take a look at what's going on in their facility. And for those of you who are in a, a diverse uh, operation, if you've got sledge hockey or if you've got high caliber hockey or figure skating, in some of these facilities, an inch and a half of ice just won't cut it, no pun intended. So what we do now is tell our members to determine what they need based on analyzing their equipment's capability, taking into uh, into account that as the equipment ages, it's going to struggle that much more uh, to be able to maintain it. So as long as we're maintaining the asset and it's going to be able to perform as designed, then we're going to be in great shape. But then we have to take a look at our schedule and determine what's the safest ice thickness. So, I mean, in extreme conditions, we've been into rinks where they run with two and a half or three inches of ice because of what's going on inside the facility.
Now, in the end, facility management is going to determine based on their knowledge of the operation. You know, and it's everything. It's the HVAC system. It's the refrigeration system. It's the quality of the water. It's the density of the ice. It's the capability of the operators to be able to maintain it. So those are all variables that we talk about in the CIT courses. And as a facility manager, I got to take all that information and melt it down and try and figure out how it's going to work in my own operation. So in the end, uh, if the facility does land at an inch and a half of ice, I mean, that's more than acceptable. What you will learn again in the CIT courses is that you've got to keep at least three quarters of an inch of ice on top of all your paint and and markings. So if you're losing your creases, you don't have three quarters of an inch of ice out there. And that's a problem. And it's something that needs to be addressed. Not going to get into it in this podcast, but maybe in a future one, we we can talk about that. So once I figured out what the sweet spot is, it's an inch and a half, then the takeaway is it's an inch and a half at the end of the day, not at the start of the day, or an inch and a half at the beginning of the event, not the, uh, uh, not the end, sorry, at the end of the event, not the beginning of the event. Meaning that if I decide it's an inch and a half and I've got a, a high caliber, let's say a midget hockey tournament that's going for three days, I need to tell staff to build another half an inch, maybe three quarters of an inch of ice in advance of that tournament uh, coming into play. So what is the best ice thickness? That's going to be uh, determined internally. We give you all the waypoints uh, to make those informed decisions. Um, but in the end, if I, again, I always say if I was managing today, I give uh, some suggestions on how I would go about it is that I would be going to whoever I report to and and advising them in writing exactly what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Uh, and if they don't comprehend it because of the technicality, that's not my issue. I just don't want to be alone out there determining what the best practice is. So it's a it's a report that goes to my supervisor with my recommendations on what I'm going to try and maintain. And I want them to uh, confirm that, in fact, they understand. Uh, what it is that I'm trying to do and trying to accomplish. In the end, like I said, if they adopt it or don't adopt it, I want to keep the communication so that if it's ever called into question how I arrived there, that somebody's not coming along and say, well, who said you could do that? So that's the complexity of the world that we work in. It takes uh, a a strong working knowledge of somebody uh, who is managing the facility to be able to determine uh, exactly what's going on inside the operation and make those standard operating practices. So hopefully uh, we've given you some food for thought and you uh, are at least going to be able to comprehend our role as an association. We can't tell you what thickness is the safest and all we can do is uh, provide you with the variables so that you can decide how you're going to operate. So thanks again for joining. I always appreciate this opportunity to chat with you guys. If you've got anything that you uh, would like to add to the conversation or talk to me about, I'm always available through uh, my email, tpshay at orafa.com, all lowercase, or 705-864-1215. Always glad to chat with you guys. Hope you're enjoying your summer. Take care.